Welcome, gorgeous humans, to a special little three-part series around brain, body, and behavior, and an introduction into the M-Rose framework. This series is my official launch in the new direction for M-Rose coaching, and it's basically a little glimpse at everything I will be teaching and everything that you can get excited about learning. To those of you who are new here and those of you who have been around for a while, let me introduce myself. My name is M Rose. I am a business, brain health, and personal development coach. I'm a multi six-figure business owner, and I have had multiple six-figure businesses ranging from a booked-out beauty salon, beauty service educator, and a product and e-commerce brand. Now I am combining the passion that I have for science-based personal development with the experience that I have in business. And every day I get to work with humans who want to create big fucking lives for themselves. And how do I do that, you ask? Well, I educate powerful humans on the innate systems, processes, and functions of something that they already possess, the brain, the body, and the behaviors that leverage the capabilities of both of those things. I encourage change in the narrative around what it means to create a big life by choosing to focus on the science of small behaviors. I educate on the tools behind the tools. I remove the bullshit. I make science sexy. And most importantly, I show you how achieving everything you've ever wanted for your life gets to be really fucking easy. In this three-part series, I am going to give you an overview on the functions of your brain and your body that you should give a shit about and how to leverage those functions with the small actions and choices that you make every day. This series is inspired by Your Power, my signature three-month course that is enrolling now and kicking off in just a few weeks. It's also inspired by the Your Power 7-Day Compound Challenge, a challenge that will be starting next week before the three-month program begins. This challenge is an immersive experience for you to start implementing scientifically-backed behaviors that are going to optimize and nourish your body and your brain health. I'll be taking you through the challenge myself. I'll be giving you a list of behaviors to choose from every single day, and I'll be educating you on how you can best implement them into your daily routine whilst building awareness around the differences that it makes. Not only will every person in the challenge walk away having created a game-changing foundation in how they show up every day and a new level of understanding of the functions of their beautiful system, but one person inside the challenge is going to win free enrollment to your power. To join the challenge or jump into your power, both links are in the show notes. Okay, welcome to part two of the Brain, Body and Behavior mini series. And in this part, we are going to talk about the body and the body's role when it comes to our personal development and how we can utilize the functions of our body when building our dream life, dream business, anything. I have found that when I have conversations with people about this particular element of the framework, a lot of people's minds go to things like, looking after our physical body and our diets and movement and exercise and things like that. And while, yes, these things are a very important part of the body element of the framework, when it comes to understanding your body, we are actually looking deeper. 
we are looking at the physiological functions of the body. And where we begin is the nervous system. The nervous system is our complex network that basically coordinates and regulates all of the functions that we have going on in our body. And it's what's responsible for receiving and processing and transmitting information throughout the brain and throughout the body. If you ever come across discussions or posts or conversations around regulating your nervous system or, you know, when you're feeling dysregulated, the nervous system plays a big part in what we are referring to in these conversations. And we're going to get a little bit more into what regulation and dysregulation can look like. But basically, our nervous system can be divided into two main components, the central nervous system, also called the CNS, and the peripheral nervous system, the PNS. (laughs) say that fast. (laughs) The central nervous system consists of, and I guess focuses on the brain and the spinal cord. So in a lot of what I'm about to talk about, you're going to see the science of what you may know or what you've come to know as this mind-body connection. This is where that connection lies. The brain is essentially the command center of the nervous system. So it's responsible for the, I guess, complex cognitive processes. It's responsible for being able to perceive information through our senses. It's responsible for our motor control and movement, and it's responsible for regulating all of our bodily functions. The spinal cord then serves as the communication between the brain and the rest of the body relaying all of those messages. Then we have the peripheral nervous system. So the CNS was the brain and spinal cord. Now the PNS connects our central nervous system to the rest of our body. So it connects that brain and spinal cord function to our organs and our muscles where we receive the information that the brain and the spinal cord have processed. So it's receiving the information based on what we touch, what we smell, what we see, what we hear, what we taste, our sensory information, right? The peripheral nervous system is then divided further into two sections, the somatic nervous system and the autonomic nervous system. So the somatic nervous system controls our voluntary movements and processes. And the somatic nervous system is actually the one that's processing that sensory information that we receive. So it's allowing us to do things like walk and talk and sense things that we touch and the temperature of the air and it allows us to feel pain. And if we recall the information from part one of this series, while the somatic nervous system is responsible for picking up the information that it's received, it will then be processed through the reticular activating system based on our thoughts and our beliefs and whether what it has picked up is deemed important, right? They work together on creating what's received in our environment and our reality. So the autonomic nervous system is in charge of regulating the involuntary functions of the body, such as, you know, your heart rate and when you're digesting food and your breathing that's something we'll touch on a little bit deeper in your power, but blood pressure and blood flow, all of those things that are essentially you don't have to think about doing, right? So the autonomic nervous system is then further broken down into two subsections. I know it's getting a little bit confusing, but I'm just trying to give you the the 
basics before I kind of get into the importance, right? So we've got the CNS and we've got the PNS. In the PNS, we have the somatic nervous system and the autonomic nervous system. And then in the autonomic nervous system, we have the sympathetic nervous system and then we have the parasympathetic nervous system. So the sympathetic nervous system is what is responsible for something called our fight or flight response, which I'm going to touch on a little bit further in a second. And then the parasympathetic nervous system is responsible for relaxation and conserving energy and regulating those involuntary functions like digestion and rest and sleep. Now, you may have heard of the fight or flight response before, but just to go into that a little bit deeper, the fight or flight response is both a physiological and psychological response that is going to be triggered in the body when there's something that's perceived as a threat or a danger, right? And what's going to happen is that your body is then going to prepare itself to either confront the threat, aka fight, or run away from the threat, flight. So when our fight or flight response is triggered, things happen in our body, right, that we don't control. They just happen. So we have an increase in our heart rate. Our blood pressure is elevated. Our pupils dilate. We experience more rapid breathing. We have increased blood sugar levels. We have much more heightened alertness and we actually have suppressed digestion as well. And so all of these changes collectively are preparing the body to either confront the threat or actually escape from it. Now, here's the catch. And this is why the sympathetic nervous system is very, very important to understand. The catch is that the fight or flight response is triggered by anything that is perceived as a threat. So, whether you're being chased by a wild lion that's about to maul you to death or you're about to jump on and do an Instagram live for the first time and it scares you, your fight or flight response is going to be activated, right? Maybe there might be different levels and extents of that activation, yes, but to your body, a threat is a threat. And generally, anything that you're doing for the first time or anything that you're going to do that's unfamiliar or you haven't done before or you haven't had a pleasant experience of in the past, your body is going to deem that thing unfamiliar, unsafe, and it's going to trigger the response that will aim to protect you from that thing, right? It's going to trigger that fight or flight response because it seems, uh, sorry, it deems that thing as unfamiliar and therefore unsafe. You might know this little narrative better as something called your comfort zone, right? So there are physiological reasons as to why trying something new, trying something different, trying something that you have experienced in the past that didn't go well, there's a reason that that scares you. And there's a reason that stepping out of your comfort zone can be really, really difficult because your body is physiologically programmed to protect you. And it's programmed to do anything it can to not let you near or let you do something that's unfamiliar or unsafe. When it's faced with something that's outside of your comfort zone, you're going to know, right? You're going to have a rise in heart rate. You're going to have faster, more rapid breathing. You're going to have that feeling in your stomach. 
and you're going to have excuses that present themselves into your consciousness to not do that thing. So understanding what it means and how it feels when our body is dysregulated is so powerful when it comes to enhancing our self-awareness and therefore enhancing our lives and growing our human. To give you another example, right, our body is programmed to not want anything that's unfamiliar. What's unfamiliar? Change. Anything that you're trying to change, you're trying to change it to something that your body is not familiar with. Therefore, your body is going to deem it unsafe. Your body is going to trigger your fight or flight. You want to become more fit? You want to start going to the gym? You want to start with a gym routine? Cool. Every time you want to get set your alarm and get up and go to the gym, you're going to be thrown a million voices in your head to tell you not to go to the gym, to sleep in, stay where it's warm, stay where it's safe, right? Your body is resisting change. When it's time for you to put yourself on Instagram or create a new email marketing campaign or record a new podcast, your body is telling you, that that is something new, that is something that's going to change your circumstances. It's unfamiliar, it's unsafe, we're not going to do it, right? So like I said, when we are actually taking time to understand our nervous system, our sympathetic nervous system in particular, and then our parasympathetic nervous system, it is so powerful when we talk about the dysregulation conversation because it actually allows us to build our self-awareness and build our response to stress and grow and build our response to the fight or flight. So we are actually able to start noticing and sensing when things like increased heart rate happen, when we start to tense muscles, when we start to have shallow breathing, we start to notice when other responses are occurring and then we start to understand our body's responses, which will allow us to gain insight into our emotional and mental states right? It'll allow us to become more self-aware. We can recognize when we're feeling triggered by something, which is then allowing us to go deeper, to explore more feelings, to identify where they're coming from, and most importantly, to rewire and heal. Dysregulation will impact our thought patterns. It's going to lead to negative self-talk. It's going to lead to high emotions. It's going to lead to distortions of what is in our reality. And so by understanding dysregulation and what it feels like to be dysregulated, we can become more aware of the repetitive and unhelpful thought patterns that contribute to our distress. And instead of falling victim to them, We can do something about them. We can acknowledge that they're coming from a place of dysregulation or we can acknowledge that they're triggering our dysregulation in the first place. By understanding what our body is doing, we can begin to recognize and anticipate situations that may trigger or dysregulate us and then we can identify the recurring patterns and we can be more proactive around what we do and what we choose to spend our time doing and We can set boundaries around things that we know doesn't work for us. Dysregulation can have a huge impact on our behavior and our decisions. Going back to the fight or flight response, it can trigger impulsive actions. It can trigger withdrawal. It can trigger behaviors that are very not wanted. (laughs) So 
understanding the signs of our dysregulation can mean we can start to be more intentional and conscious, right? We can start to actually acknowledge that we're dysregulated and so therefore be more conscious of the behavior that follows, be more intentional with how we proceed instead of actually just allowing our behaviors and our impulses to take control. Once we understand the signs and the feelings of our own dysregulation, we then, of equal importance, can understand the parasympathetic nervous system and its role in the art of regulation. We are able to identify the dysregulation by the physiological signs and then with behaviors, we can actually intentionally activate the parasympathetic nervous system so that it can do its thing. And then understanding and activating the parasympathetic nervous system allows us to learn emotional regulation. It allows us to understand our responses. It allows us to reduce our stress, improve our cognitive function, just to name a few things. And the best part is we can control the regulation of our nervous system with our behavior. And look, Removing all of the fancy jargon and the fancy processes, can you just imagine the difference in a human or the difference in the owner of a business, the difference in who you are as a partner, the difference in who you are as a mother, the difference in that human that is able to recognize when they're feeling dysregulation and take action to bring them back to a place where they're going to be in a better mood. They're going to have better focus. They're going to have better cognitive function. They're going to be a better parent, a better partner, a better friend. They are going to be able to approach every situation. They are going to be able to understand why they're behaving in a certain way. Can you see the difference in a human that is able to understand and identify those things and actively take control of coming back to a place of regulation instead of sitting in a state of stress or behaving in a way that is coming from their dysregulation and ending up hurting someone or snapping or being irritable, right? It makes a big fucking difference in what you can achieve and who you are and the human that you are when you're actually able to identify and regulate yourself. What we can also control and optimize with our behavior is something called neuromodulators. Now, technically, neuromodulators are substances that can be found in both the brain and the body. But to me, it makes more sense to discuss them in the body section of the framework as they play quite a big role and are a big part of the nervous system as a whole. Now, you might actually know neuromodulators a little better as things like dopamine, serotonin, and adrenaline as a few examples. There's a few more than that. But in the body and in our peripheral nervous system, neuromodulators regulate processes such as digestion, immune response, cardiovascular function, hormone release, all of those involuntary things, right? And then in the brain and the central nervous system, neuromodulators are produced naturally and then released by specific groups of neurons. And basically they're going to influence various acts various aspects of our brain activity and our brain functions. So neuromodulators are responsible for our arousal, for attention and focus, for our mood and emotions, for our sleep regulation, our pain regulation, 
our learning and memory, our regulation of stress, our regulation of social behavior and bonding, the list goes on, right? So when we consider that neuromodulators control all of that and more, and neuromodulators are things like dopamine, serotonin, adrenaline, melatonin, endorphins, cortisol, oxytocin, there are things that we can do every day to boost our serotonin, to boost our melatonin, our endorphins. We can actively and intentionally enhance our attention and our focus and our mood and our emotions and our learning and our memory, right? Those things are happening naturally. We can boost those things and therefore what they're responsible for. We actually have the ability to identify that we're feeling dysregulated and we can go and do something to regulate ourselves again. We can identify that we aren't feeling very focused or we can know that today we have lots of work to do. And so we can actually choose to wake up and do something that is going to boost our dopamine levels in preparation for that. We can identify that we're stressed and then we can choose to implement behaviors that boost our norepinephrine levels or even better, we can learn how to regulate our cortisol levels to prevent stress from the get-go, right? We have the ability to wake up and be motivated every single fucking day. We are so, so powerful, like so fucking powerful. And understanding the functions of what is something that we already possess allows us to fully step into and utilize that power. So let's talk about how we can do that in part three. Love you, bye.